Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. Joining us today is Dina Patton. Dina is the owner and founder of Dina Patton Coaching and Training and has been an elite business and mindset coach for the last 20 years. She's worked with thousands of world-changing, purpose-driven entrepreneurs to help them become a great CEO as they build their business, impact, and leadership. She helps business owners to transform three key areas of business from good to great, CEO leadership and mindset, branding, marketing, sales elevation, and internal systems, all things we need to be successful. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dina. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. Absolutely. And we're talking about making the shift from entrepreneur to CEO, which can be a massive leap for some people. Mm. Um, So what does it take to make that shift? I love that you just already started by saying it is such a huge leap. You know, when we, when we start our business, we're so in the newlywed uh, phase. We love it. We love being, having this freedom and working for ourselves. And then the grind, you know, those first couple of years of owning a business, I think everybody can remember those first few years <laughs> of owning our own business. And you are an entrepreneur and you're scrappy and you're hustling and you're wearing so many hats. But here's what I see is a lot of people staying in that state of being and that state of mind, but yet scaling their business. And um, I, in fact, I, I, have a, I have a couple clients, they're in the 20 to $50 million range, but yet who they're being is still that scrappy new entrepreneur wearing 10 hats, which isn't, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not the best place to be when you, who you really need to be is a greatness CEO leading with clarity and confidence, not wearing 10 hats, trying to be everything to everybody. So first, you know, I really say the first step is that awareness, you know, that awareness around any habit is going to be our first step. So awareness going, oh my gosh, I am, I'm still being that scrappy entrepreneur that's not leading with clarity, power, vision, confidence, um, I'm, I'm still being everything to everybody. And you can, you can find that out by just look at your schedule. (laughs) Just look at your schedule. I can look at someone's schedule and I can tell if they're still in that scrappy CEO or sorry, scrappy entrepreneur space, or they're in greatness, entrepreneur, greatness, CEO space. And there's a big difference. Your schedule tells me everything. So that's step one. So, okay, <clears throat> what's the difference between the calendars, the schedules? 
Yeah. So a great CEO's calendar is going to look a lot more strategic on purpose. Their job, you know, when you start to step into CEO, you're really leading the vision and the strategy more than you're down in the weeds doing tasks. Mm. So that scrappy entrepreneur, you know, they're either their schedule's a complete mess. <laughs> that's, that's one. Um, but if it's not a mess, it's just filled with busyness. There's a big, you know, as you know, there's a big difference between productivity mm-hmm. and busyness, right? So when we start to shift from busyness, I'm running so fast, so hard. I'm in the hustle and 15 hours a day. I, every employee reports to me. That's another thing. You're, wow. you're meeting all the employees or contractors. You have no managers or buffer between you and your employees. That's another thing I see on schedules. No buffer. Um, time wasted in tasks that you should not be doing. I think one of the big things that I see is the bit, one of, one of the big CEO breakthroughs is people saying, I shouldn't be doing this Ah. and fill in that blank. I shouldn't be doing fill in the blank. And if you have five, 10, 15 of those per week, you're still being a scrappy entrepreneur and not leading this business in a way that needs your leadership and your vision and your strategy. That's great. Thank you. That I can picture that. So <laughs> really terrific. And so this really is a mindset shift. So can you differentiate the CEO mindset from the entrepreneur mindset? Is it all about where they focus their energy? Definitely. I think that's one part of it is I have a question what is the highest and best use of you? This moment, this next 15 minutes, how we use our time and our business is everything, is everything. I can look again at that owners, how they use their time, and I can start to see the holes in their revenue. And why that is, is because if the CEO is wasting a whole bunch of time, then they're allowing their employees to waste a lot of time because they haven't had that breakthrough yet. Once you have a time breakthrough of, I have to be in my highest and best use of time, you have to be, you know, whether it's your director of marketing, director of sales, it's your assistant, your production person, your, I mean, project manager, it doesn't matter what employee. When you start leading with intention and helping everybody be in their greatness lane and their brilliant lane and the highest and best use of them in their role, you have a whole different business. And it starts with you. I think it's, I, I think it's, it's back to those entrepreneurs who are just, you know, they're running, they're running their business and they're super busy and they have that realization of like, I shouldn't be doing this. I need someone, I need to delegate. And then that rolls, that breakthrough keeps rolling out. Um, I have a saying, breakthrough, break out, break records. You cannot break records in your business unless you break through. And um, I don't know about you, but I mean, in 26 years of being an entrepreneur, I've had thousands of breakthroughs. <laughs> you know, they, they're, 
<laughs> they're never ending. We're yeah. always breaking through. It's mindset. It's how to use our time, how to use our money, how to use our team, when to hire, when to fire. These are all strategy, you know, and you start leading differently um, when you start to really become the CEO of your business. And I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's a time thing, like, or even a team thing. So people can get wrapped up in like, oh, well, I'll become a CEO when I have 10 employees or when I'm five years old, you know, my business is five years old or when I reach a half a million, then I'll become a CEO. And I'll close on this is the best time to become a CEO is right now, right now in your business, your business needs you to show up like a CEO and, um, and start making, cause that transition can take some time. I mean, yeah. over the next year or two, you're becoming a CEO. It's not an overnight thing. So start now and a, you know, a month from now you're going to be better. And six months from now, you're going to be better. And a year from now, you're going to be better. So there's no time, magical time to start. Start now. Well, and it, it sort of feels to me like if you decide to wait for these, you know, mile markers, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, you can actually get to a place where it it's not too, I don't want to say it's too late because I don't think it's mm -hmm. ever too late to, you know, implement strategy, um, mm -hmm. but it's harder. Right. You know, you bring up a wonderful point and I'm actually going through this right now with a client who has um, been in this company. He was the son in this, in this business um, for 20 years. So he's been working in it, but he just took over the business and now he is CEO. And, um, for the last three years, should I say, okay. but he is backtracking because there were, because when he became CEO, he, he, he got the title, but it's not who he was being. He just got in the hustle of it. And what's happening in his business right now is a really big point is capacity. He shoved all this work. They scaled their business. They grew. They shoved all this work on their employees. And now him and all his employees are over capacity. Mm. They are burdened with twice as much work as they should be. And that was because a CEO is not aware of capacity in your team. And when you have 27 employees, one of the things as a CEO we have to be aware of is hiring times. You know, if, if we get to grow at this, you know, to this line, we need to hire two more people, four more people, right? Because yeah. otherwise we just grow and it's exciting. That's the thing. We're so excited. It's growing. We have all this revenue coming in and we just pile it on him and his employees. And that is a very sensitive subject for me in my very first marketing agency in New York city. That's what I did. And I just, I hustled. I worked 16 hours a day. I over capacity my entire team. And I ended up having a stroke at a minor stroke at 27. Oh my goodness. 
And that is what I see is when we compound ourselves and our team, something breaks, either their health breaks, their, mar their marriage breaks, the business breaks. But what I had to deal with was a year long recovery of to speak again, to get my life back again, to reinvent myself and to learn the really, really important um, lesson of capacity and boundaries. And these, this is, you know, back to the CEO is it has to be a part of your game of growing your business is how is my team and how am I? And um, otherwise things start to implode. Right. Wow. That's crazy. So glad you're, you're, you know, so much better now. Yes. Wow. So I think there are myths that entrepreneurs tell themselves um, that work against them. And I think you do too. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you would share what those, you know, what some of those harmful myths are that um, really have a tendency to derail efforts. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, you know, I, I just spoke of my stroke and it was, it, this was in New York City. And um, when I had my stroke, one of the biggest realizations that I had was I was drinking the entrepreneur Kool-Aid of, I have to do everything myself. Huh. And we can drink that for a long time and just stay in the hustle of how, how, how could I ever delegate this out? I don't need to delegate this out. I can, I can do this, but just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah. So that whole myth, and I could go on for so long about the shoulds, I should do this and I should do that. And I should work longer, but again, back to boundaries are we are the role model for boundaries for our employees for our kids um for our clients oh gosh <laughs> you know <laughs> if you don't if you don't have boundaries around your clients you get taken advantage of yeah. um so the 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 i should i should is such a myth that's going to drive you into the ground and I want you just to stop everybody that's listening to this and just take inventory of where you are caught up in the myth of I should, because it's probably killing you. It's killing your business. And you think it's actually good for you, um, but it's actually destructive. So that's definitely one. Yeah. The other one in that vein is the illusion, the myth that you are working late. Oh, I'm just working late. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm just working late. And we tell ourselves that, but we're actually not. We're working ourselves to death. Um, and again, because we're in a myth and that we should, it feels fine. It's okay. Um, and until we talk about it and we give ourselves permission to tell ourselves the truth, it's not okay. Working 14, 15, 16, 17 hours a day, long weekends, um, is not only unhealthy for ourselves, but it's actually unhealthy for our business, our marriage. <laughs> um, so those are two really 
big miss. Um, and then the third one, I would say that I see a lot of the entrepreneurs, um, you know, under a million suffer in is, and I use the word suffer because there's, I think a lot of um, suffering in entrepreneurship. Like we have to suffer long enough and then we deserve to grow or be over a million or whatever the number that you want to be. Maybe it's, you know, be over 200,000. Like that's a huge stretch for you, but I have to suffer. I have to suffer to get there. And I think there's that. I think there's just a real myth around suffering and you have to suffer and you have to earn it. And I mean, earn it in the destructive way, not in the honorable way. Um, So that's another one. Those are the three big ones that I see a lot. Like I've been coaching entrepreneurs and CEOs for 22 years. Those are the three big ones that keep people stuck for years and years. And when they break through that mindset breakthrough, come out of agreement with those myths, they can then break out and then break records. And, th- and that really is, it, it's sort of a... Um like a weight is lifted off of them that they didn't even realize they were carrying around. You know, it was theirs. No one had put it on them and right. they've been carrying it around. You, you know, I mean, I find um, that like with my clients, I'll just say, you know, things like, okay, well, let's just take it down the road. What do you think would right. happen if? Right. And, at, right. Because for yeah. some reason they're stuck on this whole, it's, it's like a mistrust or it's a confidence mm-hmm. thing or, you know, control thing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but getting to that. And, and I've watched them start in one place and walk themselves around to where I want them to be. Right. Which, mm-hmm. which is, Oh, I guess we could do that. Like <laughs> that wouldn't kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And that's the, you know, that's the great thing about such a privilege being people's coach, because when they start to walk around that corner and have the breakthroughs, have the insights, have these new ways of being and new, you know, breakout CEO moments where they're like, wow, I was, I was being a CEO today who showed up in the staff meeting was a CEO, how I sold that was from being CEO. And, you know, there's one of the, you know, it's just a, I I have so many client stories that I, I love, I love what I do because I love seeing people become the greatest version of themselves and really start playing greatness games. And this one client, he was a principal of, of uh, spent his whole life. He was 40, late forties, his career being a teacher. Then he got his PhD masters and PhD and, um, and became a principal and was an award-winning principal, but he had this brilliant business idea, but he's not a business person. He's an educator. And, but he knew enough to hire a coach and say, I need to build a business, but I don't know how to sell. (laughs) I don't know how to build systems. I don't know how to do this. And so we did. And he went from, I'm an educator. I don't know how to sell to being empowered and equipped in selling 
creating a business with systems. And he created this educational product that was brilliant, revolutionizing education. And he went from making $90,000 a year to making $250,000 a month. And that, you know, to a lot of people, they're like, ah, that's not good money. I'm sorry, but that is huge. Yeah. Huge. I'm going 90,000 a year to 250 a month all on yourself. And all I had was an assistant. Wow. He, you know, and lots of great systems. And I just want to give people the encouragement that if you have an idea and you're willing to build a great product and systems and be coachable in sales, because a business doesn't grow without sales, you must learn how to sell. It's possible. If a teacher can do it, you know, if people, corporate people who have never been an entrepreneur before quit their job and have successful businesses, which happen all the time, anybody can do it. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. So let's talk about systems for, for a little bit, because you and I both believe in them strongly. Um, and that they are important. I'm curious about the signs of a broken system so that the people listening, you know, can identify if they actually have systems that aren't working for them. So can you share what some of those signs are? Absolutely. So like I said before about the looking at your calendar is a, is a really good place to look at if <laughs> the mm -hmm. difference between entrepreneur and CEO. Yeah. Um, systems is one of those things that what I want you to do is I want you to actually look at the breakdowns and the chaos that you have in your business and write them down. So you have a breakdown over here in admin, you have chaos over here in sales, you have breakdowns over here in customer service, uh, you have chaos over here in hiring. So what breakdowns and chaos show me is lack of systems. I have mm -hmm. a saying, where there is chaos or breakdowns, there is no system. Mm -hmm. So when I go into a business, I literally, I, I do a scan. We have, a, and this is, you know, over conversation with the leader or the leadership. Mm -hmm. And we get really clear 
in all the breakdowns, the consistent breakdowns and the con consistent chaos that is going on in their business, and we identify those, that usually tells me where the majority of the lack of systems are. And so, and then we go to work in priority order because there's, there's, there's a ton of systems that are important to a business sure. to be, you know, to be smooth running, but they're not bleeding out. You know, there's some systems that your business is bleeding out because you don't have a good system uh, in place. Um, so that's how I, I first evaluate is I really look at the breakdowns and the chaos and anybody can evaluate their business that way is look at it. That's going to tell you, you have a lack of a system right there. Um, and then we go to work, we go to work at building, you know, a better customer service, um, uh, system, a better onboarding. I'm passionate about onboarding systems, especially if you are a service-based business. Um, I have coached so many um, service-based businesses and the one of the biggest systems that is missing in a lot of those businesses is onboarding. You sell them and then you jump. <laughs> right? There's nothing in between. You're, yeah. There's no onboarding your client into your business and integrating them managing expectations, giving them the setup of how this is all going to work. You've got to onboard. I, I would say that's the number one missing system that I see both in uh, across the board. Um, retail uh, uh, service product base is some level of onboarding systems. Yeah, boy, I, I so can see that. That really rings true for me um and you see it it, it is so evident mm -hmm. so i like this idea of where there's chaos there there are not systems because i gotta think that a lot of companies that's where the chaos is so yes. that's easy for them to see yes Wow. Yes, because they're in that pain already. They, yeah. they know, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, my admin stuff is a, is, you know, is a mess. My onboarding stuff is a, is complete breakdown. My um, offboarding, you know, when people stop working, you know, exit offboarding, is there, does that even exist? Um, that's really important. Um, customer, let's just talk about customer service systems. Um, you know, I get it when we're small business, we're just trying to keep ourselves alive, keep our team alive, keep our team showing up, sell. So revenue comes in delivering to our clients. And that's about it. That, that's the game of that scrappy entrepreneur. But when you start to step up your business in a more mature way, stepping into that CEO role, we start to really look at, oh, what is the customer? Like, how are we taking care of our customer, our customers? What is our customer service system? Are we consistent in it? You know, a, a little teeny thing that I did um, once I published my book, you know, I thought, well, I want every new client to have my book. You know what? I'm going to put that in step three of my onboarding process. I'm going to 
write a hand welcome note, welcome to greatness training and say a few words and sign the book and send that as an onboarding gift. So I put that in step number three in my onboarding process for my one-on-one clients. It's small, but you know, it, it's, it's when you have more awareness of how can I better take care of my clients? How can I be express my values in my customer service and taking care of my clients? That's your customer service system is excellence. You know, excellence is a value a lot of people have, but how are you delivering on that? And your systems are a great way to deliver on excellence. Let's take your customer service or your onboarding. Let's add a little bit more excellence to those systems so that your customers feel um, special, taken care of, loved. So now we have, you know, a more aware CEO working, we have a better system working, we have our values in now being integrated into our business, not just some afterthought that we never thought of. You know, these are all movements of growth of a business. So I like integrating strategy, systems, and values all together when I'm building out systems for people. It's really important to know their values. Um, You know, is integrity one of their values? Well, if so, how are we going to integrate that into uh, our sales system, our customer service system, right? So that's, that's, you know, values have to be a part of our leadership, our awareness, how we do things, how we act um, in our systems. And it becomes, systems become the muscle memory of our business. Um, you know, our morning, you know, when we get up on the weekends and, and we have kind of a more every, every day, not just weekends, but we have a morning routine. We don't even have to think about it's, it's muscle memory. And that's what systems are to our business hmm. is their muscle memory. It's the thing that just happens because we're consistent, you know, McDonald's fries are consistent because they have a system. And Starbucks, like all these big brands, what they've done is they've mastered systems. And as a small business with one, two, three, 10, 20 employees, when you put your eyes on your systems and you say, how can we better better our systems? And not only just better and be consistent with them, how can we add our values into it? Now you're playing a greatness game. This is that. I mean, you can just hear it. Like, it just lights me up. I just want it, you know, I just give it to me. <laughs> I just want to do it. Yeah, that's why I, I want to do that every day um, because it makes the biggest difference, especially in small businesses. Because a lot of um, customers don't expect it. Right. They don't expect you to have excellence in your customer service. You're this small business trying to survive. Yeah. And look at you showing up all excellent. <laughs> so, so good. It's just so, it's just, you know, this is how we become, we all rise up and we become better because we start to play greatness games instead of these survival smallness games. Well, and what a great example of creating a, a system um, w- with you explaining what you did with your book. I, I mean, it's so it's it's a easy to understand 
example. And one of the things I really mm-hmm. like about it is it shows that even the smallest things, but then mm-hmm. making it into a system ensures that it happens and you don't mm-hmm. have to think about it because it's one right. of the steps. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. it's delegatable. Yeah. You know, I have in my office, I had a little station, a shipping station with, with books and our envelopes and cards ready, you know, ready to write the note. I have that all there. And so when I say, Hey, I'm onboarding, you know, um, Scott, my, my new client, it just is, it's whether I do it or often my assistant does it because we've already systemized it. She knows, you know, I'm often, I'm step one and two, she's step three, four, five, and then I'm step six. And um, so they're all small. They're all very small tasks, but they make the biggest difference and we're consistent. And here's the other thing that you pointed to when we're consistent, and I'm just going to talk about our onboarding. When you're consistent with an onboarding process, everybody, you know, everybody got the same experience, right? right? You can't, yeah. you, you, it's not doubting yourself. Uh, oh, wait, wait, did they get a book? I don't know. Did they get a book? Uh, did they go, did I slide, you know, send them the, the onboarding slide deck? I don't know. You know, all that doubt and who did what, and did I put them through that? All of that goes away and you go, no, they all get the six steps. They all get the same information, the same touches, um, so that when we start, we're starting with power and knowledge and this um, managing expectations instead of not. Right. You know, so. Right, right. That's keep them right. simple. <laughs> yeah, it's so simple. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I would also like to talk about uh, the importance of self-care for a CEO, you know, finding mm-hmm. the time to do this. And, I, you know, this is one of these things that gets kicked to the curb because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's something that, mm-hmm. you know, has an impact on the business. So mm-hmm. share with the listeners the reality of that, would you please? Absolutely. Another CEO game that not a lot of entrepreneurs play because again, entrepreneurs are playing a lot of smallness games versus greatness games. And when you look at, I I hope that everybody listening has some kind of mentor or even someone you admire, maybe a, you know, a CEO uh, entrepreneur that you admire and they're, you know, looking at what are they, what are they doing? Success leaves clues. You know, what are they doing? That's making them grow and innovative and so successful. And one of the things, it sounds counterproductive, but it's not, is self-care. And that's mind, body, spirit, taking care of your mind, body, and spirit, giving space and breath for your mind, body, and spirit. When a CEO is out playing golf, when a CEO is taking a, maybe a three-day weekend to take a breath and lay by the beach um, or read their favorite book, what's actually happening is a load of creativity. 
See, how creativity and innovation work is they work in space. Like when, we're, when we give ourselves space, they thrive. When we don't give ourselves space and we are running 24 seven and just in the hustle and thinking and jam packed and over capacity, there's no space for creativity and innovation. It's like, you know, ask an artist to paint a beautiful picture while doing 10 things at once. Do, go ahead, go artist, do 10 things. I want you to do 10 things in your office, in your home and, and paint at the same time. I want a beautiful picture. That's probably not gonna go well, right? It's not gonna go well. Um, but that's what we do to ourselves is let's do 10 things at once, but yet be creative. Cause I don't know about you, but I'm always creating in my business. I'm creating content for social media, my newsletters. I'm writing my next book. I'm writing my next speech. I'm uh, uh, innovating my next podcast. Like there is so much innovation and creativity as a business owner that we must allow ourselves space and mindset to nurture. So what I would say is this is I know that you're not going to jump from working 15 hours a day and the total hustle to having all this, you know, time and space and self-care overnight, but it does happen in baby steps. Um, I have a template on my uh, free download. It's uh, my CEO self-care template, and it walks you through how to create a daily, weekly, and monthly self-care plan. And just like you have a marketing plan, you have a hiring plan, you have a revenue plan, you have a self-care plan. And especially for those of you who are wanting to move into a CEO space, self-care you can call it something else. You don't have to call it self-care. You could call it million dollar creative time, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Sometimes we have to, right? Nice. Now you're like, ooh, I'll do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and that looks like maybe sitting by your pool because there's something about the breath and the space when we're doing some downtime where creativity gets sparked. Greatness gets sparked. Innovation gets sparked. Um, a lot of my book, a lot of my speeches, I get in those downtimes. I get it during church. I'll get a big download idea. Um, walking my dog, I get download ideas. Yeah. Um, so these little places, you could even put 10 or 15 minutes um, in your life, prayer meditation, um, working out. And if you can't get to a gym, um, just 15 minutes in your backyard um, or walking your dog. But this is what I can tell you. Um, my free download, I forgot to say amazinggreatness.com. Just go there and download it and fill it out. Commit to yourself that you are going to start to play a, a self-care game or a million dollar creative time game um, because I think it's worth it. It is what I have seen in my own life. Um, If I can rewind 25 years back to my stroke and some, if someone came to me and said, listen, not only are you going to break through 
this idea that you have to do everything and that you have to hustle all the time and you have to work all the time. Um, you're going to have that breakthrough and you're going to break out with this whole self-care. You're going to have a whole plan that you're going to work daily, weekly, and monthly. But then you're going to start teaching others this. I, I would have literally put my life savings on saying, you're crazy. There's no way. That's how foreign it was to me. It was so foreign. It was like a no way on top of a no way on top of a no way. But what I can tell you is if you want creativity and innovation in your business, it's not all found in work harder, um, strategize more, uh, sell more. Sometimes it's found in quiet moments, creative moments, a walk, a workout, a self-care moment. So that's my, I can get on a high horse about self-care because I just know the power of it. You know, people have transformed. I have so many clients who have transformed their business because one thing can change everything. Yeah. And self-care is one of those things that just like, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know how powerful it was. And I think it also is a myth, you know, self-care is for wussies, you know, oh, they're not mm -hmm. hustling hard enough. No, no, no. You look at the smart, successful CEOs, they actually have way, way, they're the role models for self-care because they know that their business grows because of it. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you got on your high horse about this because it's <laughs> an important issue. And it really, you know, I, I mean, people are more and more people are starting to embrace it, which is great, mm -hmm. uh, but it still needs to be talked about a lot, I think, mm -hmm. to, to get mm -hmm. people to really just give it a shot. Yes. And it, it can't stay in this like fluffy, vague, like... Yeah. Once a month, I get a massage like that's not or I took a shower today, like hygiene is not self care. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? It's not so self care. Yeah. We've got to actually it's got to be intentional. Yeah. And I know you have to have discipline around, you know, okay, I'm going to take an hour and and paint a picture, or read a book, do something that sparks that creativity and that just gives you some breath. Um, I promise you, I promise you, it will change your life. I am so with that. And I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Dina. And I'm so grateful for, for, um, for you, for sharing this with everyone. It is so important. And there's, I mean, there's more we could talk about, but, you know, we only have so much time to talk about <laughs> it. So will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you, repeat that, um, link please so i can get it sure. in the show notes and sure. uh, go for it yeah my website is dina patton d-e-n-a patton like general patton uh, dot com and you can find um all of my services and um my book and everything there and my free downloads are amazinggreatness.com and there's four or five there. Um, so pick the ones uh, that you love and need and trash the rest. And um, you can find my book, The Amazing, I'm sorry, The uh, Greatness Game on Amazon. Excellent. 
thank you so much for that and for everything you do for business people, business owners. It is very needed. So, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> we need more entrepreneurs. I think the, this world is saved by entrepreneurs. And I know it's a struggle right now. We're all coming out of COVID, you know, and, mm. um, you know, it's going to be a climb over the next year or two, but we can do it. And I just encourage everybody to believe in themselves and um, keep going. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. My extreme pleasure. And uh, listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> so, no. Right.